0: When John's disciples heard about his beheading, came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Act like you've been there before. Got a good college friend who says that often. And it's good advice. Perhaps you have said that to someone, or someone has said it to you. Act like you have been there before. After Mississippi State won it all, I got a text from a parishioner who is an Alabama fan. And he was congratulating me, and I responded, thanks. And then I followed it up with a question. I said, how should I act? How should I feel? What should I do? I mean, he's been there 17 times in football alone. Some of those are disputed. (laughs) But nonetheless, he knows this joy. And so I was asking his advice, how should I act? What should I do? And he said, act like you've been there before. Enjoy it, but act like you've been there before. And that's good advice. So that's what I'm going to do. Because the truth be told, there are some people that I minister minister to in this congregation who may not be as excited as I am about this championship. And I love Russell Wilcox and Al Doty and those type of folks. But I think that's good advice. I do. I think as Mississippi State fans, we shouldn't gloat. We shouldn't boast. We should act like we've been there before. It shows character. It shows class. So real quick, this side you're maroon, and this side you're white. (laughs) Okay, I'm done. (laughs) And now I'm going to act like I have been there before. With this gospel lesson, I have been here before. This is my third time to preach on the beheading of John the Baptist. Six years ago, first sermon ever here at the Chapel of the Cross. I wanted to make a good impression. I wanted y'all to feel like I knew something, that I knew what I was talking about. And this was the gospel lesson. This was a gospel lesson I preached to you all the very first time about, the beheading of John the Baptist. I thought about going back and listening to that sermon, but I thought, no, no, not even going to worry about it. Because though I've been here before, I'm still not sure what to do with this gospel lesson. Where is the good news in it? Where is the good news in this gospel lesson? Because you all came to church, you know, probably in a good mood, wanting to hear a feel-good story. And here we get this grisly tale of murder. The ego and the ruthless power of King Herod, who was merely a puppet king. It's not a warm and fuzzy story. It's not something you want to hear when you go to church. But nonetheless, Mark gives us, in the middle of sending his apostles, this flashback. He tells us what happened to John and how it all happened. It is a classic tale of why bad things happen. It's a classic tale of why bad things happen to good people. And that is the question that we as Christians are always asking, that we as Christians are always searching for an answer to. So I've got the answer for you. Here is why bad things happen. I don't know. I wrote a paper on it in seminary and got the worst grade I have ever gotten on a paper in my school years. I don't know why bad things happen to good people. I don't know why bad things happen at all. Rabbi Harold Kushner wrote that book, When Bad Things Happen to Good People. That's the title of the book, but it is often misstated. People often call it, Why Bad Things Happen to Good People. So someone came up to Rabbi Kushner and they said, why didn't you title it, Why Bad Things Happen to Good People? And he said, that book would have been three words long. I don't know. I don't think we will ever be able to answer that question, why. And remember, Jesus, God Himself asked that question on the cross Why? Why have you forsaken me? But I think if we ask when, when instead of why, because bad things are going to happen. God, Jesus, never said, if you follow me, everything will be fine. Never will you weep. Never will you grieve. Never. Never will you be sorrowful. No, Jesus never said that. Jesus himself wept at the grave of his friend Lazarus. That is the good news when we ask this question, is that God knows what it is like to be us. God knows what it is like to weep, to be full of grief, to be overcome by grief, to weep at the grave of a loved one. Because our God did that. So when bad things happen, because they're going to happen, where is God? Look for those who help. Look for those who call and offer food. Look for those who call just to check up on you. Look for those who in Miami are searching through the rubble of a condo for the dead. That is where God is. Because when we need God the most, God draws closer. As I like to say, closer than our next breath. We all know sorrow. We all know grief. We all ask that question, why? But when we ask that question, why, it is then that God draws nearer to us, closer than our next breath. So in this gospel lesson, where is that nugget? Where is that nugget of hope? I found something very poignant and beautiful at the very end when it says that John's disciples came, gathered him, and laid him in a tomb. To me, that was so beautiful and completely opposite of the rest of the story, completely opposite of the violence and the power and the ego. John's disciples came and gathered Him and buried Him. That is where God is in the face of those disciples. We all have things that we are going through. I can look around right now, but know that whatever it is you're going through, God is with you. We have all been there before, and God is always with us. Make no mistake about it. God draws closer to us when we need Him the most. Amen.